David? Yeah. When was the last time that you realized you were wrong? Oh, every day. So, I mean, has there been something today where you've been like, oh, I was wrong about that? Um, maybe. Maybe. That's, That's not a, a satisfying question. answer. No, no, I'm trying to think, honestly. Yeah, an example would said, be a good answer to this question. When was the last time I was wrong? Mm. Yeah, no, probably not today. Maybe yesterday. I was, I was, uh... I bought a game for my friend Justin Comer, the comb dog of the Silver Screen Shuffle fame. Yeah. Uh, it was, it was a uh, Road to El Dorado game, and I got it for him for his birthday. Very nice. And of we you. played it for the first time yesterday, and I just destroyed him. And I rubbed it in his face. And I was wrong for that. I shouldn't have done that. Okay. It was a birthday gift, and I felt like I gave you this gift of a game. Now I give you the gift of defeat, sir. And Do I took think... a photo of him after he lost. Okay. As now, he was sad. <laughs> I was going to say, if you just beat him, I think that's fine because I think it's almost a disservice to like, oh no, I'm oh. really bad at it. Look, you're winning. But the fact that you took a photo of him with my piece during winning during his, his valley of happiness. <laughs> uh, his sad piece in the background and I like I destroyed him. I, I utterly destroyed him. Uh, that's that's the shot I have. He doesn't look as sad as he was. Yeah, uh, but, uh, but yeah, yeah, you're <laughs> you were wrong. I was definitely wrong. Uh, that's uh, that was a great answer right. to the question. Thank yeah. you. What about you? I was afraid you'd ask. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna ask. I, I felt like as you were taking a moment to think about it, I'm like, man, if I was asked this question, I would not have an answer quickly. So I hope he doesn't ask me this question. Yeah, well, how about I give you a different question? All right. What's your third favorite reptile? Third favorite reptile. Here we go. Bam. Mm. Bam. Mm. Snapping turtle. Ah, dude. Snapping turtle's a good one. I, I like turtles. I was at the zoo. Yeah. And uh, the cypress swamp, formerly the birdhouse. Yeah. That is my, my favorite. What is the cypress swamp? It's the big bird cage at the zoo. Okay. So is that what it's called now? It's, it's called the just... Cypress Swamp now. It used to just be like a birdhouse. Yeah, that's what I called it. Yeah, it's it still is. But, oh, okay. but the habitat in there is swamp. And so it's these, these water birds. And in fact, the, the two photos out there yes. are okay. from the Cypress Swamp. Yeah. I, I love it there. But they've taken all the birds you out for the birds. winter. I do love birds. <laughs> yeah, you're a birdsman, dude. They've taken all the birds out for the winter. Yeah. And I was going there shooting photos one day, and this is before I had my 200 to 600 millimeter lens. Mm -hmm. All I had was my 70 to 200, like a chump. You chump. What are you thinking? And so, you just got this lens. Too. I know. It was, before, it. it was before I had bought it. Oh, okay. But I'm there, and I'm looking around, and there don't seem to be any animals in there. And so I'm thinking, like, wait, they can't, like, they would have put a sign up that says, like, hey, the Cypress Swamp is empty. Right. Like, birds out of it is one thing, but, like, maybe there's other things in there. Yeah. Um, so I'm looking Cutters. around, and then I see just barely out of the water on the other side of this uh, water is this big snapping yeah. turtle. This thing looks awesome, and its yeah, mouth dude. is open just a little bit. And I'm getting these sweet photos of it and stuff. It looks awesome. Yeah. And then I go and I shoot the polar bear. It was out. Um, it, was, it was a great day. Yeah, I get home and I could show you the pictures, but it turns out mm -hmm. the snapping turtle was a stone statue of a snapping turtle, <laughs> and 
<laughs> and I could not realize that. Like, I didn't zoom in. Well, turtles move slow. I can see why was, you thought this. It was as close as I could get with the 200 millimeter, where it was It was just like, oh, that's a great, it's a great photo of a snapping turtle. But I imagine there's like all these people around you, too, and you're like, statue. you got to see this snapping turtle, man. This thing is insane. I should hype it up. It's so statuesque. Like, people come through, and they're like, oh, there's no animals. I'm like, actually, <laughs> don't make any sudden movements. But there's a snapping turtle. He's been posing for me for hours. Watch this. Smile. See? <laughs> Don't move a muscle. So That's this, impressive. I would like to see these photos. I'll show it to you in a little bit. Yeah. Beautiful. Um, beautiful. This episode yes. is our halfway recap. And we're going to try to keep this one short. Yeah. And the purpose of this episode is if you're new to the show... And you made it somehow through our rambling intro talking about turtles and, and defeat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, what, what we, what we hope to do now is catch you up on the major plot points of the book. Yes. So that if you don't have time to listen to the first 10 chapters. You can listen to this. You can listen to this. We'll up. get you mostly caught up. And then you can join us for chapters 11 through 20. Yeah, and, and feel like you're a part of the family. And even if you join in at any point, we want you to feel like you're a part of this Hardy and Sons family. Which you are. Yeah. If you donate to the Patreon, where our family lives. Yeah. I need yeah. to shut that down because I feel bad about it. About the Patreon? Yeah, we haven't kept our promises. Only to Brett. Yeah. Like, I was reading through it, and like, we also say, uh, like, we we'll mention outs. you in the chat, in the each episode, and we don't do that. No. No. We gave up. Yeah. Yeah. Also, I'll, I'll throw this one last thing out. We're going to do some artwork for the upcoming show. Oh, I love this. And I've this. asked for anyone who's a fan to shoot us a message on uh, our website. Yeah. So that we, we, we had our guesses two episodes ago when we were live from Brett Hoy's house of who our seven, maybe eight listeners are. Yes. And I'm not going to repeat that list. No, we but shouldn't. But if you think you are on it or think you should be... Shoot us a message that we can confirm this fandom from all of our fans and move forward. Should should they also send us a photo, or do we just pick a photo off of their social for uh, uh, for the artist? No, yeah, I, I don't think they need to send a photo. I want yeah, this to we be as non-committal as possible. Yeah, okay. Um, but yes, I would like these people to to reach out and and just let us know. Yeah, yeah. and you're featured on a poster. That's amazing. Yeah. Do you want to see yourself as a cartoon? <laughs> Come on, son. <laughs> So, so this book is the third book in the series. This yes. Is, this is The Secret of the Old Mill. The first two books uh, was The Tower Treasure. Which was a great book. Great book where great we found book. out that somebody stole some treasure oh, yeah. uh, from the Tower Mansion and then hid it in a railroad water <laughs> yeah. tower. Guarded by a homeless man. Guarded by Hobo Johnny. Hobo Johnny with a, a ton of crowbars. Yeah. Um, Plethora. Then, Book two was The House on the Cliff, and that was about smugglers who were using this house on a cliff yeah, uh, and some tunnels connected to it to run a smuggling operation. Yeah, drugs and Japanese yeah, pharmaceuticals, silks. silks. Yeah, um, what have you. Yeah, and the boys solved that case while their father was kidnapped and beaten multiple, multiple times. Whoa, didn't that happen in the first book? Uh, no, the father, I don't think he was kidnapped in the first book. No, he just disappeared. Yeah, for he a few weeks. To see That's his right. Family. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. So after learning all the lessons that they learned in those first two books, we find ourselves in The Secret of the Old Mill. And this is the first book where they give us a little intro, like a teaser of the action that's yet to come yeah. in the book. And in that teaser, they ruin a lot of plot points Yeah, right it's away. a big spoiler up front. Yeah. So we know that the book is about a counterfeiting uh, mystery as well as some other unknown mystery that their dad's working on, and they're going to be threatened. Yes. So with those spoilers in place, we can move on. And to so our in, first in, chapter, Yeah, right? and in chapter one, the boys are waiting for their dad to get back from a trip. And... Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, they're waiting for their, their dad to get back from this trip. They're yeah, they're Chet. at a train station, right? Waiting yeah. for daddy to come home, and they're with Chet. And the only thing that happens is Chet makes change with somebody who very quickly is like, oh, here, makes makes change. Yeah, he's got a $20 bill. He needs change for it. Chet doesn't have enough to cover that. So he gives him, like what, like 15 bones or 10 bones or something. So Chet actually banks off of this. And this plum... I don't uh, think any Rudy of Face that's boy, true. Really? Yeah, I think he just makes change for him. I thought he didn't have enough money. All in all, he needed change for a 20, and Chet was like, hey, I don't have 20. And the guy was like, that's fine, that's fine, that'll do. Yeah, I don't remember. We can go back and read it later. But, turns out, spoiler alert, in a few chapters we're going to find out that odds are it was that person who gave a counterfeit bill to Chet. Yes. In exchange for Chet's real money. And then Rob Chet, dude. as they're going in town to buy a microscope with Chet's money before they realize it's counterfeit, uh, a boy on a bike almost gets hit by a car. Yeah, it's very sad. He's not just any normal boy. He's Ken Blake. He's, he's 14 Ken Blake. and he's really tall. <laughs> he's, he's very big for his age, right? Yeah, he's very tall for his age, and he drives. A, excuse me, he rides a Belgian bicycle. Ooh, he has very nice. recognizable handlebars, and he explains <laughs> yeah. that it's popular in Belgium. So, chapter two, good old Oscar Smuff comes back. Yes. Oh, it's great, too. And Oscar Smuff is following someone around town and doing a bad job. Yeah, he's very obvious. Right as this person he's following finally makes a transaction, he stops him and, like, grabs the money out of his hand, and he's like, gotcha, and then he realizes he's wrong. And so the boys then, we start to see, having been given the spoiler, this is probably him searching for counterfeiters. Correct. Yeah. Looking for those. And he knows they're $20 bills. Yeah. That's what he's looking for, my homeboy Smuff. Uh, So then they go find Chet's dad and borrow money from him. um, Oh, yeah, because Chet needs to buy the microscope. microscope. Yeah. And the guy's working on the honor system, right? He's just like, hey, you can come back whenever. Just bring me some money. He's like, really? You do that for me? Yeah. And Chet is so honorable. He's like, I'm going to get you that money. Right today, now. yeah, I'll be back in thirty minutes. And so they do. They do this all before uh, the four o'clock train, because Fenton oh, Hardy yeah. was not on that original no, train. Maybe he for. missed the first one. Maybe yeah. he's coming back on the second train. Yeah, or maybe he's kidnapped again. We're not sure. We don't know. Um, but I think what's unique about this book is how little time actually passes. Yeah. Um, like in the other books, there's weeks, there's, you know, different trips, they're waiting, they're scouting things out. This is like one day, there's this. They're the next having day big get, days, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Not a wasted day for the Hardys. Th- we've been on the same day for three chapters now at like yeah. uh, eight, nine, and ten there. Um, so they, they go to find Chet's dad, and he's fishing on the Willow River. Yes. And he's near the old mill, the titular 
old mill, which is an old uh, grinding mill where they would make flour, which nice. has been purchased by this electronic... They, they make controls for missile systems. Yeah, buddy. Called Electon. Which, or as we've come to call it, Elkton. Elkton. That's what it looks like when they write it. Uh, and so, let's see here. Yeah. Then, uh, then we're into chapter four. We're we're doing our best here to, to figure this out. We hope this episode is super useful. <laughs> yeah, so far, it's definitely super I useful. think it's one of the best we've <laughs> yeah, ever done. Yeah, I think this one's a ringer, dude. No doubt about it. Um. So I I think the last thing I want to say here. So they uh, they they go to Elkton and they have this picnic and stuff like that. Um, <laughs> classic and uh and then when they're at home this shadowy visitor somebody on a bike leaves them a death threat yeah and rides away but the bike breaks as they're riding away the pedal breaks off yeah and then the next day they go to the mill and they find that ken blake's bike they go to bike shops looking for this pedal yeah and they're like oh that must that's from a belgian model and the boys are like, whoa, two Belgian bikes in two days. That's weird. <laughs> the Belgian bike of Bayport is what this book should have been called. That's not a bad title. That's not a bad title at all. Literative? I like yeah, it. Yeah, thank you. Um, so they find this bike at the old mill, which now serves as the gatehouse to Elkton. Yes. Um, and so they say like, oh, well, the bike isn't locked up. So anyone could have stolen it and left a death threat at your house. Um, not Ken. Yeah, bike it couldn't it have been Ken. Yeah, and they're like, Ken. Ken's not here right now, though. And then they see Ken in a window, and then Ken's not in the window, and everyone tells Joe he's crazy, and he yeah. didn't actually see Ken. <laughs> so that gets us through Chapter 5. Now, I want to pause before I keep cranking through these plot yeah, points. this is good. What are some, f- like, jokes that, that have come up this... So if somebody's going to join <sighs> us at this point, what are some of the running gags that stick out to you as things from this book so far? That, that are worth mentioning. Chet's oh, weight, he gets it hard oh, in the Chet, beginning. Chet gets demolished in, throughout this entire book. This is the hardest they've been on the poor boy. Literally for being poor. Yeah. And for his weight. For being poor and his weight. I'm trying to think of the other running gags is, uh, is Franklin's new obsession with boats and boating and, uh, and microscopes. Yeah. So, so in, the, in the very first book, he was all about telescopes telescopes oh he loved telescopes i'm sorry that was the second book was that the second second book was all about telescopes. oh yeah because that started off with sp- uh, spying by glass the first one was about cars and and uh and pen knives yeah i think that was his obsession in that one yeah i don't remember anything he else really coming up that much too technical other than no he was all about the railroads oh that's right railroads and <laughs> he was a railroad man in the first book yeah and then so, the second one, he was a telescopes man. Loved him. For the first six chapters, that telescope had to be mentioned. Yeah. And then uh, this book, he switched optical devices to the microscope. To the microscope. And when we say this, like he describes in weird detail how to assemble and configure and focus a microscope. Yeah. And the then... Proper... Uh, doesn't have to be on like a specific angle for it to work right. Like he made sure well, the it was illuminator, balanced. The illuminator, the illuminator needs to be configured is. properly so yeah. that you don't get a dazzling reflection. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Honey, you got to check out this reflection. It's it is dazzling. dazzling. Now the illuminator is not perfectly balanced yet, but my God. I always like to leave it unbalanced just <laughs> to see the dazzling reflection before I balance it and actually get to my work. <laughs> wow. 
wow. He just sat there for 45 minutes saying, wow. It was insane. Um, another fun fact is that all characters in this book have the same bad Brooklyn accent. Well, yeah. Yeah, that's a given. And, yeah. As they should. Poorly written characters have poorly written accents. <laughs> Or poorly performed accent. No, nah, poorly written accent. It's yeah, way, that's the right way to do it. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then after the microscopes, we pivot hard into boats. The boats. And in a deeper way, I think, the microscopes and the telescopes was very technical. Yeah. The things he was saying about them were like how to configure them and stuff. This boat, he's describing the curves. He's describing oh, the, yeah. the way that the water glistens off it. He's using terminology. Yes. We've said that it seems like he's trying to impress people or like he's definitely really trying to get into to like a yacht club yeah. or something. He's yeah. trying to prove to them that he belongs yeah. in, around the other boaters. Did you read my newest book? All about boats. All about boats. Well, one of those Hardy Boy books he gave Franklin? One of them children books? No. There's a lot of stuff about boats in this one. <laughs> I'll have you know. Yeah, I mean, you know that the Hardy Boys get nautical, okay? They're in the sea. I got Chet. He's a gooey buoy floating in the water like a little fat bob. See, and there's that accent. Too. There's the accent, yeah. Exactly. It's switched up, though. It was a little bit more high-pitched. And when I do it... It's the Pesci. When I do a character, if the character talks for more than one line, yeah. that Brooklyn accent slowly gets a southern drawl added <laughs> to it. We just sort of crescendo in... As it, you got to show them what you got, dude. Yeah. It's, it's all a, about transitions like with accents. Like an onion. These people got layers. They got layers, dude. You know They're like saying? ogres. Uh, so those are the first five chapters. Them tracing down these bikes and stuff. All leads ringers. them to Elkton. Also, if if you need or if you have time to go back and listen, if you're listening to this now and you haven't heard, was it episode four where your dad makes a special appearance? Uh, yes, I believe so. That sounds right. You got to listen to episode four. That has the best bit of all time. Hands down. Okay. Hands down. You heard it That's here. my favorite Hardy. That's Hardy history right there. Um, but that puts us on chapter five, which means we're halfway through the recap, which means it's time to take a quick break. It's time for a quick break. Quick break. Yeah, little snacks. And so uh, with this, the boys took a break. I was going to ask you this before I pushed record, but then I'm like, I should just push record just and push, then yeah, ask yeah, yeah. you. Uh, I really steamrolled those first plot points of the first five chapters. I liked it. Do you think you could do the next five chapters? No. Take us through what happens. Absolutely not. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to see if you can, though. Oh, Here we I go. can't. Because right now, I can see that we're on the Shadowy Visitor, and that means nothing to me. Uh, we're not on the Shadowy Visitor. See? I that's, don't even know where we're at. That's chapter four. We're on chapter six, A Mysterious oh Tunnel. What is it? A Mysterious Tunnel. I don't know where we're so at, So right Sean. before this... We're after the Bicycle Clue? Yeah. All right, here we are. I got it. So, Bicycle Clue, they had gone, and this is with Callie and Iola and Chet, uh, and they go to the old mill. Yeah. And then they go to have Forgot a picnic on the river. Yeah. And while they're walking there, that's when Joe thinks he sees Ken Blake. And then they're like, you're crazy. Let's keep going. Yeah. So, they go to the river. They have their picnic. As one does. Okay, a little riverside picnic. Yeah. And so, tell me what else happens in the chapter called A Mysterious Tunnel. Well, um... Let's see. Iola thinks that uh, Joe get, saw a ghost. Yeah, yeah, I'm just chapter. reading it. Are you kidding? I'm looking at what I am. So I remember one thing. Does this help? I remember they go, they find a tunnel. They, uh, yeah, they find a cave, and uh, and they they go through it, and in that cave they find an additional like tunnel, yeah. tunnel that Chat's like, yo, I'm not going in there. Yeah. All right, if I can't do a forward roll in a I'm space, out. I'm out. Yeah. You know. 
I've got room to do my roles in here. So he backs out. He's like, I'm going back to the beach, all right? Or not the beach, but I'm going back to the river. I'm going up rivers, and I'm going to find bison. That's a Street Fighter reference. So he goes out. (laughs) I can't do the rest because there's cursing involved in it. But he goes out, hangs out with the girls. The boys start climbing through. I don't remember what they find. They don't find anything. I don't think they find anything. Because... They have to leave suddenly because the chapter ends. Oh, with a shriek. There's a shriek. Callie. And Callie shrieks, dude. She, Callie she shrieks. lets it They out. hear her screaming. End of chapter six. Well, Chet's also looking for samples for his microscope, and that's a big thing. That's why he goes into the cave. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The cave of Fonders. They're looking for lichens. For lichens, yes. Yeah. They're, they're looking for lichens. They're looking for werewolves. Yes. Uh, I would liken <laughs> it to another bad book. Yeah. <laughs> Hilarious. Chapter 7, Sleuthing by, by Microscope. microscope. Look at that. A callback to the scope. Um, yeah. They find out what the shriek was about. Yeah. And what's that sticking in the sand? This weird storyline about how... Somebody shoots an arrow at them with a message on it. Yes. And they somehow hear it and freak out, even though it gets stuck in sand. <laughs> yeah. Like, this is the stealthiest attack, <laughs> and they're shrieking. Like, I, 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 feel, I still feel like if you saw an arrow sticking in the sand, you wouldn't be like, oh, my God, who shot this arrow here? You'd be like, oh, I wonder how long this has been here. Yeah, what is this? Is this treasure? Is this treasure? Because I didn't hear it land in the past few minutes because it hit sand. Yeah, Chet was just like, this must have been here from when the Indians ruled the place. Yeah, another Indian joke from Chet. <laughs> yeah. One of his Which, humorous comebacks. Yes, that's all Chet has. This is where we get the uh, terminology, the bowman. Yes, which, uh, so, so we very there, much enjoyed. here. And yeah. we never figured out how you shoot this arrow to have it land on the beach Oh, yeah. From the same side of the river. It's the JFK bullet. It just doesn't make sense yeah, how it lands, how it does. Archer. There's a second archer. Yeah, that's what's going on here. But oh. as, they're, as they walk up the hill after a weird storm that sort of happens for a second and doesn't affect oh, yeah, the plot. I forgot about that. They find a, a piece of leather, which they realize is an archer's finger guard. Yes. To uh, help an archer pull back the string. And they take to look for prints. And, of course... What are you going to do with a fingerprint? Like, yeah, you could pull a print, but you don't have computers to trace that. Yeah. Unless there is just like a print at the hospital of every baby that was ever born that they're comparing it to. And there's how many people in Bayport? Uh, 30,000. 30,000. You're going to look through 30,000 fingerprints. Unbelievable. I don't think that's even possible. Yeah. And that's just Bayport. And that's just Bayport, baby. And in the first book, uh, Red Jackley had come down from New York. Yeah. He's a New Yorksman. Yeah. Look so, at that. so it's very Bayport is really a melting pot of criminals. <laughs> yeah, it seems <laughs> to be that from everywhere. It seems Ali like such Singh a came sweet from area too. Yeah, they're all flooding to Bayport. Yeah, there was a Chinaman also in the last Yang. That's was right. the original. Um, and then he was the captain of a boat that was going to kill the the Hardy Boys. Yeah. Um, so that's uh, by not feeding them or just throwing them out. Yeah. So yeah. We've, we've got Asian crime. We've got Indian crime. We've got wow. New York crime. Yeah. Look at These this. This is are demographic so crime and diverse. Yeah, I like that. The, hey, the Oscars should start listening to the Hardy Boys. Except for the second original book that has the N word in it. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Other than yeah, that, Joe Joe dropped a bad one there. Yeah. Yeah, Joe Joe, come on, that's terrible. We've also haven't had any really. Oh, I guess it was rewritten, but there hasn't been a lot of Italians. Like we haven't had Rocco. We haven't had anything like that. Not since the first one, yeah. Yeah, just a small amount of preed. Small just a amount of preed. A small amount of preed. Um, so they take the note that was delivered by bicycle, 
and they take the note that was wrapped around this arrow and fastened using adhesive tape. Yeah. And they compare these these notes under their microscope, and they find there's a star watermark on on both on the, of paper. the papers. Yeah, um, and so through the microscope and through the microscope. Yes, yeah. what so, a great plot point or plot device. Uh, then they get a boat. Yeah, Dad surprised him. The whole time we're building up this surprise. Yeah, they keep what mentioning. And we're getting excited as the readers of this. Like, what is a surprise? And they're saying things. This is the actual last line uh, from Chapter 7. Uh, they drove off. Was this the surprise? Was the surprise the one thing they wanted most of all? Ooh, what like, do these boys Some want? bad writing. Yeah. And some bad foreshadowing. Yeah. But what would a teenager want? I'm thinking suits of armor. I'm thinking swords, pellet gun, yeah. something awesome, ATVs. Baseball bats. Baseball bats, baseball cards, helmets for as many times as they get hit on the head. Turns Who out. Knows, sandwiches? It's a boat. That they've been asking for. Not being surprised about. That they Not personally picked for, out. They picked out and, and have named. been saving money. Yeah. Giving money to dad. Yeah. So yeah. the surprise was the boat that they mostly bought themselves. Uh, and their dad helped him out a little bit. But so they take this boat and they go run it up the river to the old up mill rivers. to look for clues in the dark. They're they're clue they're clueven and nice. the sleuthin. Nice. Or no, the, the boat is named the sleuth. The, yeah, the boat That's is named point. the sleuth. Uh and so they're looking through the woods and they hear something. Yeah. And then what happens, man? Then they get hit in the back of the head with Conked a baseball bat. Out. Well, assuming it's a baseball bat, because yeah, the next say. chapter is called Tracing a Slugger, so we just uh, assume this is baseball related. But yes, bam, yeah. bam, blacked out, which doesn't make sense, because they would have seen the person. Yeah, the line is written, uh, They just then they heard a rustling sound behind them and turned to look. The next instant, each of them received a terrific blow on the back of the head. <laughs> yeah. So it means that whoever... <laughs> struck them was directly in front of them because they turned and then instantly were struck in the back of the head. Now that means this man has like sickle arms or something. They have to have a curve to hit in the back of the head. You know what I'm talking about? Like the arms. Oh, what I'm thinking is just the boys are so stupid. The person was literally standing directly in front of them and then like threw a rock over so they would turn around. Oh, so he got them to turn around again. Or maybe the boys did a 360. So it was like, we're too afraid to turn around and look, so let's just spin, see if we catch a glimpse, and then we'll just land back where yeah. we were. Yeah, It's, it's like hey. pulling a blanket up and sort of peeking through just exactly. a little bit. Yeah, but You're just doing it through it, a dazzling spin move. Yeah. Yeah. A dazzling reflection of a spin move. Yeah. The other thing that happens in this chapter that I think might be worth mentioning is th- that chapter where they get knocked out is, is called the Strange Mill Wheel. And as they're going up to the, the old mill, the grind wheel... Is starting and then stopping. Yeah. And starting What's and up stopping with that? and starting and stopping. And they're trying to go tell the people that work there who we're pretty sure are criminals. Definitely. Definitely. That like, hey, your mill wheel's broken. Yeah. And they give up on trying to tell them. And on their walk back to the boat uh, through the woods, that's when they get conked on the head. Yes. Also important, Chet is currently trying to get a job at Elk then. And he applied with uh, what guard was it? He asked it just it's just the one guard. He asked the guard to call yeah. the personnel office, and the guard went inside and came out and said, "I talked to him, and there's no openings." Boom. Then the next day, 
Chet called the personnel office directly, and they were like, oh, that's weird. We never got a phone call. You can come in for an interview. Yeah. So that, that'll pay off. I'm sure. Uh, so chapter nine, Tracing a Slugger, was the episode we did from Brett Hoy's house while Ooh, he cooked for us. Yeah. We had a little Welsh rabbit. Little we Welsh had rabbit, some, some delicious salty rings, a uh, little sourdough uh, yeah. bread. Was yeah. it sourdough bread that he gave us? Yeah. It was, it was good bread. Sourdough bread. Very good bread. And then we had cookies and uh, <sighs> lemonade. Yeah. Cookies that were too hot for Hoy's mouth. Couldn't too hot handle for my them. mouth, man. No, you could handle them. No, I was the really? one who was protesting. Yeah. You're crazy. Those are the perfect heat. I, I want them gooey. I want them to melt. At my favorite restaurants where I'm yeah. comfortable with the staff, I ask for a half a cup of coffee. Because if you pour me a full cup, it's too hot to drink and it takes too long to cool. Pour me that half cup. Mm. I'm going to be able to drink it sooner because it's going to cool a little faster. Mm. And then I get in that sweet spot where I've got like semi-cold coffee. And if you add a little bit to it when they're like, hey, can I come warm you up? It brings it to the perfect temperature mm. and then just sort of maintains that yeah, It's like drawing a bath. Forward. It's like drawing a bath it's for exactly coffee. It's like drawing a crude, a crude drawing of a bath. <laughs> yeah. I agree with you. Uh, so in the chapter Tracing a Slugger, they do not trace a slugger. No, not one bit. What do they do? They go to the paper company, the quality paper company. Yeah. And that's who makes the uh, star watermark paper. <sighs> and they explain, like, oh, the star watermark is only for corporate clients, including yeah. Elkton. Boom, right there on the list. Do you and think the boys take this as it's something serious? Oh, Not- I'm sorry. The other thing that happens in this book is they wake up from being knocked out, and they, they're on the uh, Oh, yeah. They're, they're on, on their, their boat. boat. And they find out that all the gas has been drained, and so they have to swim their boat back to Bayport. Yeah. Uh, and partway through are picked up by the Coast Guard and talk to Chief Colleague about what happened and all that. Um, then they go investigate these papers uh, and find out that Elkton is a suspect. Ooh. And that's the first thing we find out in Chapter 10, which was last week's chapter, is that indeed they start to think, hey... Enough bad stuff happens when we're next to Elkton that they might be suspicious. Yeah. And then there's this whole side story of Fenton on this other case that the boys know nothing about. And they're like, maybe Dad, his second case is on Elkton because currently there's all these power plants that are being sabotaged and blown up and whatnot. So they're thinking, I wonder if Dad was hired to investigate and make sure that nothing bad happens to our plant. So the boys start putting putting together things about Elkton and at least putting it at the top of their list of, we should probably watch out for this place. Yeah. And uh, and then they show, uh, Chet says, Chet shows up yep. and says, I got a job at Elkton in the cafeteria. And oh, they make fun do of things him for get being sad fat. after that? Yeah. And he explains he got another threatening note Ooh. in the parking lot at Elkton. There was one waiting in his car that said, like, you and your pals better watch out. Uh, and then Chet sees that the Hardys have a boat, and they go for a boat ride, <laughs> and they're going back to the mill. They're going up the Willow River. Yeah. And just as they're about to go into the river, they realize the boat won't slow down. Ooh. And that is where we end the first half of the book, with a boat speeding into the Willow River uh, recklessly. Yeah. Uh, and Breakless. And, yes, breakless, and we've got <sighs> serious problems. Yeah. Boys are in trouble and they're galloping boat. So that is the entire book as of now. That's everything we know. Yeah. I think that's all the main characters that you need to know. For sure. 
Ken Blake, Ken Blake, man, guard. Yeah, guard. And then the the traditional posse of boys and and Callie and Iola. Yeah, and counterfeit money. And yeah. oh, we did meet uh, Aunt Gertrude. Oh, the newest new. uh, character to the family. Yes, uh, who is uh, Fenton Hardy's sister? Yeah, and then we learn that Fenton Hardy's wife. Her oh, name Laura. Is Laura. Yeah, yeah, Laura Hardy, L.H. Yeah. Nice. Finally, uh, got a name to uh, what, the sandwich. What is Laurel and Hardy? Is that an old yeah. radio show or something? Laurel and Hardy was an old uh, comedy show. Okay. Do you think that was named after Laura Hardy? <laughs> Let me rephrase. Can you disprove that the Laurel and Hardy comedy show was think. named after Let Laura Hardy? Let me think. I wonder when this book was written. I, I can't because I think that the timelines line up. Yeah, this is in like the 30s that this yeah. original book came out. So these actual guys, the show was named after their real names like Abbott and Costello, changed their names. Yeah. To Laurel and Hardy. As a nod As a to nod. Franklin W. Dixon. Laura Hardy. Yeah. He's like, I can't be Laura because I'm a man. I can be Laurel. But I can be Laurel. Yeah. I can- <laughs> and the other one's like, and I can be Yanni. <laughs> no, you're not Yanni. Stop. And I- but I want to be Steve. <laughs> you're Kyle. Kyle. Carl. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's everything. That's everything. Yeah, that's it's a very exciting book, and uh, yeah, I got nothing else. I got nothing else either. I feel like we've had some good, dense, long episodes. <laughs> this book, like, oh, we're yeah. averaging like hour and a half. Yeah, this is a, this is a so meaty season. I don't, I don't feel bad with a short recap. No, it should be and short. Hopefully, there's it, not much going on, and we won't frighten away new listeners joining us at the recap. No. I think, I, like, if you want to join into a podcast and you look like, oh, my God, this recap is nine hours long. Yeah. No one wins. They're not no. sticking around. No. But we're going to tease them out like, oh, 40-minute episode. This ought to be quick to listen to. And then, bam, we got gotcha. you. <laughs> then we got gotcha. you. We got gotcha you. It's over. You're out. Um, so the only other things I think you need to know, if you're a listener just joining us, is that at hardyandsonspodcast.com, you can click on mm. store. Yes. What can they find in that store, Sean? They can find T-shirts, but David, I just can't remember the price. Oh, the prices? The prices are nineteen ninety nine. We're looking at shirts that cost nineteen ninety nine. That is a maybe dollar seventy profit that we make off this nineteen ninety nine. Uh, beautiful shirts, great, great. I just I baby talked to you. Great quality. Uh, Keith Mee's favorite hoodie he owns. I see him wear it all the time. It's a great. Comes hoodie. in beautiful red. Uh, it comes in dazzling blue. Yeah. Uh, I think there's a green, perhaps, too. I don't know. But each shirt, you can do different sizes and different colors, and they all stay $19.99. Yeah. You're saying, how much is it for the red one? $19.99. How much is it for the blue one? $19.99. How much is it for the yellow one? Well, that's $20. We had to up the cents because it's extra ink. Okay? That's just reasonable. It makes sense. That's it's how economics. the world works. It's economic. It's market price. It's like market when you order price, fish at a restaurant. Yes, yeah, exactly. We're not going to eat gotta, those overages. No, that's not how we roll. We, we also have... those costs along <laughs> yeah. to you. You can also get mugs. Mugs are great. We yeah, all have mugs. mugs. and pillows and a poster. Oh, and a poster and so many great shirts. And at our live shows, we typically give out our stickers. Oh, they're great stickers. have a wonderful characterization of us. Yeah. Uh... And they say Hardy and Sons, uh, the book series podcast. So buy some merch, support the show, help us keep going. 
Uh, tell your friends to listen. You We're on we a new uh, platform. You know what we don't ask for but might help us? Huh. Uh, iTunes reviews. Yeah. I feel like every other podcast I listen to is like, man, give us a five-star review on iTunes. It really helps us out. And I've never done... I mean, I, I do that, but we've never asked no. people to do that for us. So maybe if you want to, go leave us... Uh, if you think it's worth five stars, yeah. we'll take the five stars. We'll take any review If you think it's get. worth four stars... Right? Why? Yeah. We, we want to know. Yeah. We How do we get review. to be a five star? What if are we, we messing if for? If we want to be a one star podcast, we, we want to understand why. Yeah. I agree with that. Well, Sean, I don't know about you, but this boat, I hope that engine stops revving. Mm-hmm. We get to chapter 11. Mm-hmm. I felt like I should have mm-hmm. said that like Scooby-Doo. Revin when we get to chapter 11. It was a bad Scooby.